This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. You know, one of the most exciting times in any couple's life is when they find out that they're going to have a baby. And there are many things that must be done to prepare for the birth of a new baby, but none is more important than choosing a name for the baby. A baby's name is chosen very carefully because the baby will live with that name for the rest of his or her life. Let me see here. And I just happen to have a book here. And if you guys are bored over the Christmas time and you don't have anything to read, this is a, a book, the big book of baby names. You know, there's only 60,000 babies' names in here that you can choose from. And then it tells you what that baby's name means, you know. Very, very big book. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So anyhow... Lots of people use the books to choose the names of a baby. Just like the, the name John, it means God gave. Mary, it means the perfect one. Caleb means faithful, it means bold. Alex or Alexis, it means helper. Uh, Michael or uh, Michaela, it means one who is like God. Elizabeth, it means God's promise. Daniel or Danielle, it means God is my judge. So when Mary and Joseph, you know, found out that they were going to have a baby, they didn't go to the bookstore. They didn't go online, you know, search and try to find all the names that they could name their baby. You know, that's just not what they, they, they did. In fact, they didn't choose the baby's name at all. God chose it. Yeah. God chose Mary and Joseph's baby's name. And God sent an angel to tell Mary what to name her baby. And let's read Luke chapter 1, picking up in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will receive and conceive. I'm sorry. She did receive too. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will name him Jesus. So Jesus got his name from his father, God, sent to Mary by an angel. And the word Jesus means the Lord saves. And that's very significant what his name means. It means the Lord saves. And then in Acts chapter 4 verse 12, it says, There is salvation in no one else. There is no salvation except through the name of Jesus. That's what he tells us. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And and if we're going to 
be saved is going to be by putting our trust and our faith in Jesus Christ. Papa God, may we always remember that there is salvation and no other name than Jesus. Jesus alone brings us salvation. And that's what Christmas is, is really about. So we need to remember that, you know. Daily decisions that, that, that we make, you know, it makes a, a big difference. Uh, God decided to give his son. And Mary decided to give God her whole life, you know, to bear his son. And Jesus decided to give his life on a cross. And I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. See, Christmas makes a difference in the life of every man, every woman, every boy, every girl on this planet. Christmas makes a difference in our lives. Now, if the light, and we know that Jesus is the light of the world, if the light had not come, what would the world right now look like? It would be absolutely dark. It would be massively dark. And we could describe our lives, if, if it was dark, we could describe our lives as hopeless. But because Christ came, we are not hopeless, you know. A Bible school teacher once asked his class to write on a sheet of paper the word Christmas. Now, he said, right after the word Christmas, the first thing you think of. And when the papers were all returned to him, you know, in the Bible school, you know, he found these answers. Tree, holly, mistletoe, presents, turkey, holiday, carols. And Santa Claus, not one person had written Jesus. This was a Bible school. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy for us to get distracted and to forget Jesus. And you've probably heard the statement. I've seen it on signs outside and I've seen it on Christmas cards and things like that. But it's very powerful and it's very significant. Let's keep Christ in Christmas. You know, when I was a kid, you would have uh, signs out where people were selling stuff and they would have an X. X must sell. You know, it was like, and I always imagined the devil, you know, blocking out and trying to steal Christ and leaving his little bony fingered X. You know, X must. He was trying to take Christ out of Christmas. But we need to leave Christ in Christmas. You ever hear about the Grinch, you know? And, and the Grinch, he said it best. He said, and the, and, and, and the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled three hours till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't thought of before. Maybe Christmas, he thought. Doesn't come 
from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And that was written by Dr. Seuss, you know. But we know that Christmas means a whole lot more, you know. Christmas genuinely is everything, 100%. That's what life is really all about. That's what salvation is about, forgiveness and transformation is all about Christmas. As we come close to another year and another celebration of our Lord's birth, isn't it awesome to think of the impact that the birth of that one little baby has had in our world? Born in a simple stable, the precious Son of God destined to live, to die, and to rise again from the dead, to offer us forgiveness for our sins and eternal life. Who would have ever thought that this little baby would forever change the course of history and change the course of our lives now and throughout eternity? What a tremendous difference he has made and is continuing to make in our lives and in the lives of countless others. Let us join in the joyous choruses throughout the ages that have proclaimed this wondrous news. You know how it goes. It goes like this. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart... Now, what percentage is every? 100%. Let every heart prepare him room. Now, think about that. It says, let every heart prepare room. And I just ask this question. Is there room in your heart for Jesus? Is there room or is a lot of other stuff crowding him out? And then there's another thought here. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. And then, go tell it on the mountain over the hills and everywhere now what percentage is everywhere 100%. go tell it on the mountain that jesus christ is born the profound messages expressed in these cherished christmas carols make very clear god's passionate desire for each individual to experience the unsurpassed joy and fulfillment of his plan for our lives. First, we need to prepare room in our hearts for Jesus, our mm. Savior. Have, have you prepared room in your heart for Jesus? I'm not talking about just you think about him occasionally or maybe once a week or once a year or something, but have you genuinely prepared room in, in, in your life 
for Jesus. Have you, have you done so? Because we prayer, prayer room in our heart for whatever is valuable and whatever we love. That's the truth of it, you know. So, and, and what does Jesus bring? He brings salvation. He brings forgiveness. How important is forgiveness? If you've ever done anything against God or against your a loved one or something, you know, we need to be forgiven. We need that. That changes our life forever, you know. Um, forgiveness is life changing. And people who have not experienced forgiveness, they don't know this life change that Almighty God provides. Christmas is a favorite time. You like Christmas? I love it. Yep. I like Christmas too. Christmas is an awesome time. But it's a favorite time, a wonderful time of the year in our family. And each year does seem to fly by. The order we get, you know, it's like there's Christmas. Oh, there's Christmas. Uh, there's Christmas. It just flies by <clears throat> all of a sudden. <clears throat> and keeping Christ in the center of all of our activities is quite a challenge for pastors and all. You know, and even when you're working and you're studying and you're preparing, you know, for Christmas services and all those kinds of things. And over the last couple of weeks, I've been just pondering and considering, you know, what Christmas is all about and try to jot down a few things that do challenge you with. But, you know, even as a pastor, you can get caught up in preparations, but you need to keep Christ in Christmas. We don't ever need to get too busy that we can't do that. Last year, God get, added another special blessing to our family. Kyle and Miracle gave birth to G- Dakota. He's about a year, three or four months now. He's they, awesome. <laughs> He's my buddy. You know what happened? A couple weeks ago, when I stayed home taking care of James, he wasn't feeling well. And and off. And uh, Mike uh, King, he preached for me. He did a great job, as a matter of fact. <clears throat> and uh, Dakota was up in the balcony. That's our grandson, just a, a year and a couple months old and all. And his new word. Now, Mike Kane, awesome, you know, he, he often would say, amen, when he was preaching, amen. And that's one of uh, Dakota's favorite words now. Because I could hear him on the, was who watching on television? He was going, amen. He's just a, a year and a couple months. Amen. Amen. You know, but when it comes from the heart. You know, not trying to attract attention to himself, you know, but he was just, amen. He was just so excited, so enthusiastic. Uh, Babies, kids are awesome, aren't they? And the child that we celebrate, he's no longer a child. His name is Jesus. You know, he grew up and he is the savior of the world. Babies motivate us to look at life from a fresh new perspective. Even our little grandson brings a new perspective on life. Holding little Dakota and being in awe of his, this little person that God has created reminds us to remember another amazing baby that God sent to this earth over 2,000 years ago. When God sent this baby into the world, his very own son, God had a special plan. This baby named Jesus would ultimately give every human being an opportunity to change directions. Do you ever feel like you need to change direction? Mm-hmm. Make some changes in your life. That's what repentance is. It changes our direction. You know, but God enables us to change directions for the good. And begin to look at life from a new perspective. Each of us now 
face this life-changing choice. This Christmas carol, Joy to the World, expresses this choice specifically. Hmm. Joy Joy to the world. (laughs) Should I just read it? Just words? Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. And that is the most significant thing. Let earth receive the king. Her king. That's let earth receive her king. The king, the savior of the world. That's that's what we're talking about. That is a fantastic song. And and let earth, we are reminded, let earth receive your king. There's a big difference between just believing something and receiving something because your king is is the greatest gift of Christmas. You know, that's what Christmas is all about. And your, your king, he brings forgiveness and he hands it out to each and every one of us. We're talking about a transformation, you know. That's what we're talking about, a, a pardon, you know. And uh, it says, let earth receive her king. And, and I want to ask you again, I want you to think of, I don't want you to think about it tomorrow, the next day. Have you genuinely received Christ into every area of your life? In, in your heart, and in your mind, and in your work, in your business, in your relationships? Have you genuinely received Jesus King Jesus, who brings us wonderful forgiveness. Have you genuinely received him into everything that you are and everything that you do? You, you think about that. You know, have, have any of you ever been a scout, a Girl Scout or a Boy Scout? Anybody ever been a scout? Yes. Okay, there's hands up all over the place here. Think about that. That the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts have the same motto. I don't know if you know what it is. Be prepared. Two words. Be prepared. Well, uh, here's a question right now. Are you prepared for Christmas? No. <laughs> I didn't hear one yes in here. <laughs> Y'all are in a pickle, you know. Are we in a pickle too? It, it'll all get done. Yes. <laughs> yes, it will. <clears throat> but we know <clears throat> it's very important. Be prepared you know, for Christmas, but Jesus came 2,000 years ago and he said, he's coming again. That's that's, that's what Jesus said, he's coming again. So let me ask this question. Are you prepared for him coming again the second time? If he was to come, when you got home today, he was to come and knock on your door and say, I'd like to come in. I'd like to talk with you for a little bit. And we're getting ready to pack up and go on home, you know. Are you prepared for such a time as that? Are you prepared? It says in Matthew chapter 24, verse, verse 42. 42. Yep. So be prepared. It says what? Be prepared. So the Bible actually says that in several places. Be prepared. Because you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Nobody knows. We may kind of feel like we know the season. But it says here, be prepared because... You don't know what day the Lord is coming. Uh, don't y'all just love surprises? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One person. Yes, I love surprises. 
You know, it's like Jesus is going, surprise, surprise, surprise. I told you I was coming again, and, and here I am, you know. In uh, John chapter 14, verse 1 through 3, it says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, and trust also in me. And, and Jesus is the one who's saying this. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. You're all welcomed in Father's home. So it says Jesus, you know. But he says, there, there's more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? Now Jesus does not lie, and he would not have told us that if it was not true. When everything is ready. When everything is ready. And, and there's times when we think, well, I'm thinking, well, it's getting pretty ready. But I don't really know what everything he's talking about. But he says, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always. What percentage is always? 100%. 100% so that you will always. Be with me where I am. Be with me where I am. That's what Jesus says. The Savior of the world, the one who changes us and transforms us and pardons us. And he adds substance and, and all that we need to our life. One, one week, a Sunday school teacher had just finished telling her class the Christmas story. How Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem. And how Jesus was born in a stable and laid in a manger. And after telling the story, the teacher asked, Who do you think the most important woman in the Bible is? Of course, the teacher was expecting one of the kids to say, Mary. But instead, a little boy raised his hand and he said, Eve. So the teacher asked, well, Why? He thought that Eve was the most important woman in the Bible. And the little boy replied, Well, they named two days of the year after Eve. You know, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, you know. <laughs> so we may not get everything perfect sometimes, but, but it's important to remember that Jesus is the Savior of the world and that he does come to forgive us, to pardon, to transform us. And we're talking about the miracle of, of transformation. As Christians, we celebrate Christmas as the birth. Of Jesus, the promised Messiah. Jesus came to bring hope. Hope. What's the definition of hope? A confident expectation, expectation for, for the, the future. future. That's what hope is. The just the worldly kind of hope. People say, "Well, I, I, I hope you, I hope you do well when you you take your test. I hope everything's going okay with you." But lots of times, when the world says, "Well, I just hope it's all going to work out good for you," there's more doubt in it than there is really hope. But the biblical definition of hope is a confident expectation for your future. And God does genuinely give us hope. Jesus came to bring hope, forgiveness, and the change of hearts and change the hearts of people. Christmas is about miracles of transformation. When we talk about Jesus changing the hearts of people, we're not talking about physical hearts. We're talking about spiritual hearts that involves our will and our total being as a person. Heart transplants are increasingly more common today than several years ago. The very first heart transplant was performed successfully by Dr. Christian Barnard. He, performed, he transplanted a human heart into Dr. Philip Blayberg, so another doctor. He 
let's see, after the surgery, Dr. Barnard carried the old heart in a plastic box and pl- showed it to his patient. The two physicians sat on the hospital bed examining the scars and the thickening of the dead, useless heart. Dr. Barnard said, Dr. Blayburn, do you realize that you are the first man in the history of humankind to sit and look at your own dead heart? Dr. Blayburn received a, a new human heart to expend, ex- extend his life, but Jesus came to transform lives of people and, and give us a spiritual heart, not just the blood pump. He came to give us a spiritual heart that will last for eternity. And when you understand the true meaning of Christmas, it brings about a, a change in your heart and a change in your whole outlook of life. In the Christmas carol, y'all, y'all watch it, I'm sure, Scrooge, he lived a miserable life of greed. Greedy old man. But when he awoke from his sobering encounter with the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, Scrooge sees his empty and his bitter life for what it really is. He wants his life to change. So he humbled himself and he retraced the steps of his offenses committed on Christmas Eve. And as he did, he revealed a remarkable change of heart. Scrooge did, you know. Scrooge declares, I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. Scrooge's life changes. Instead of just grasping, now he is giving. Instead of being bitter, he is now loving. Instead of being indifferent to the needs of others, now he is caring. Scrooge's life is transformed from... What was that word he said all the time? Humbug. Humbug to hallelujah. You know, there was a transformation that took place. The birth of Jesus brought about many drastic changes. You know, we date our calendar with AD, which stands for what? After the death. And and, and there's BC. And what does that stand for? Before Before Christ. So we we measure time-wise everything in regards to Christ, you know. So dear Papa God, we ask that you would just restore us a right relationship with yourself this Christmas and for the rest of our lives. That's, that's what we pray. That's what I pray. Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned. Hmm, everyone has sinned? What percentage is everyone? 100%. 100% we've all sinned. That's what we're talking about here. We, we've all sinned, very much like Scrooge. We've all sinned, and we've done, like Scrooge, done our own thing. We just do it our way. Regardless of what the Bible says, regardless of what God has to say, a lot of times we just do our own thing, and, and we miss the mark. He says, for everyone has sinned. We all. And, and what percentage is all? 100%. We all. Fall short of God's glorious standard. Our relationship with God Our relationship with God. Uh oh. <laughs> that one didn't want to break. 
Our relationship with God has been fractured because of sins. All of us, our relationship with the Almighty has been fractured, it has been broken because of sin in our life. And, and we need to remember that at, at Christmas especially <clears throat> because Jesus means, you know, what? You remember what it means? God saves. He saves, he forgives, he transforms, he pardons. And only God can put together a broken heart. Only God can restore a broken heart. And that's just the way it is. And when you think about it, you know, our, our life has been fractured from God. And it's just because of sin. It fractures and it, it, it does such damage in our own humanity. We, we can't put that back together. I don't care how much glue you use. I don't think there's teeny tiny pieces just all over the place here, you know. Once our relationship with him has been fractured, you know. Life is pretty empty and it's pretty lonely with, without Jesus, you know. Without us making room for him. Just like Scrooge, you know. So Christmas is all about, you know, Jesus bridging that gap and, and that great divide. You know, that's what it's about. About restoration of this fracture because of sin. A fracture between us and God. And I don't like a Grand Canyon between us and God. We don't want such a fracture. You know, sin sin distances us from God. That fracture, it doesn't draw us near to God, but it, we're further away. And then he tells us here in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, he says, He is so rich in kindness that he purchased our freedom. He has redeemed us. He has purchased our freedom. And we're talking about Christmas is our emancipation proclamation. That's mean he's purchased our freedom and he sets us free. You know, this redemption, it, it brings transformation. We don't have to go through life all shattered and fractured and broken. That's not what God wants. That's not what Christmas is all about. He wants to change us like you know, you, you, you look at the, the story, the Christmas carol about Scrooge, and he experienced a change. He experienced a transformation. And it says here, let me read again, Ephesians 1.7 says, He is so rich in kindness that he purchased our freedom through the blood of his son. And when we think about the manger, we must also think about the cross. It is so important, you know, or, or the meaning of Christmas is lost. If we don't think about the cross while we're thinking about the manger, why did he come? He came for a purpose to heal and restore the fracture, you know, uh, to, to bring about this miracle of transformation is what we're talking about. Let me read again. He is so rich in, in kindness that he purchased our freedom through the blood of his son and our sins are forgiven. That's the greatest gift of Christmas. And if you've ever felt, when you've disobeyed God and you disobeyed parents or loved ones, or when you've done evil and you've done wrong and you've ever felt that in there, there's nothing more wonderful than genuine pardon and forgiveness. Our, 
Our sins are gone. Our, our sins are forgiven. It's the greatest Christmas gift. If you never received anything else, the fact is to be forgiven is what it's all about. Like Scrooge was given another chance, you know. That's what Christmas is all about, being given another chance, was being forgiven. That's what I'm talking about. A young woman shopping to buy a cross was asked by the clerk, Can I help you? Yes, she said, I'd like to buy a cross. Which kind would you like? We've got the kind with the little man on it and the kind without. Now, the clerk there had no clue what a cross was about. And nobody who had been in there and purchased one before had bothered to tell her what the cross was all about. There was a time to have the little man on it. There was a time when Jesus was crucified. But there's a time when there's nothing on it when Jesus has risen from the dead. And we need to always keep our focus on an empty cross. It, that's the truth of it because Jesus rose from the dead. We don't need to just focus at him as being dead and, and lifeless. We need to focus on the truth of it that he has risen from the dead and he brings about transformation in our life. You know, you, so we've got to think about that. You know, Paul Harvey once told a story <clears throat> about a modern man like one of us. You know, he, he was not a Scrooge. He was a kind man. He was decent and, and mostly a, a good man, generous to his family, upright in his dealings with others. But he did not believe in all the incarnation stuff that the church proclaims at Christmas time. You know, <clears throat> it just didn't make sense to him. He didn't understand it like the guy didn't understand the cross, you know. So it just didn't make sense to him. And he was too honest to pretend Otherwise, he just could not swallow the Jesus story about God coming to earth as a man. I'm truly sorry to distress you, he told his wife, but I'm going, <clears throat> I'm not going with you to church this Christmas Eve, he said. He said, I feel like a hypocrite and that he would much rather just stay home, but that he would wait up for them. So he he stayed and they went. And shortly after the family drove away in the car, snow began to fall. And he went to the window to watch the flurries getting heavier and heavier. Then he went back to his fireside chair and he began to read his newspaper. Minutes later, he was startled by a thudding sound. And then another and another, and at first he thought someone must be throwing snowballs against the living room window. Well, when he went to the front door, he found a flock of birds huddled miserably in the snow. They had been caught in a storm, and in a desperate search for shelter, they had uh, tried to fly through the large landscape window. Well, he couldn't let the poor creatures just lie out there. And the snow and, and, and die, you know, he remembered the barn where his children had stabled their little pony. And, and that would provide a warm shelter for the birds if, if he could direct the birds to it. So he quickly put on his coat and his boots and he, he tramped through the deepening snow 
to the barn. He opened the door wide and he turned on the light, but the birds did not come in. He figured that food would, would, would make a difference. So he went in and he got a, a bag of, of breadcrumbs. Please don't eat any of the breadcrumbs because they're mixed with glass now with the Christmas ornament there. And he threw breadcrumbs out there and, and the birds would not follow. Uh, and he was trying to get them to go into the barn. It was warm, it was light, there was safety, but they, they, they wouldn't follow. And he tried to herd them, you know, he tried to shoo them, he tried to lead them, but they just would not follow him. He did everything in his power to get the birds to follow him into the barn. But they were genuinely afraid of him. Everything he did, they were afraid of him. So they were just shivering there in the snow. And he tried and he tried and he tried. He had genuine compassion for the birds. But they would not follow him because of their fear. And as he knelt down in the snow, off in the distance, he heard the church bells. And it's just like, ding, something went off inside of him. And he said, if only I could become a bird. And I could fly down with them and communicate with them that there's warmth and there's food uh, over in, in, in the little barn. And, and there's a, a, a safe place. And come on, let's go over there. And then it dawned on him. That's why Jesus came. Lots of times we're afraid of God. That's just been the way it is. God never intended it to be that way. You know? But God sent his son Jesus. And, and Jesus was able to communicate to us by becoming a baby, by, by becoming a man, the good news. And, and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father God except through me. And the man waited up for his family and he told them that now he understood the message of Christmas. That God came, you know, and revealed the truth and the way through his son, Jesus Christ, you know. And that's what he's done for you and, and for me, you know. God wants a relationship with us. He really, really, really does. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 says, look. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God, God is, is with us. us. That's awesome. God's with us. And we think about Christmas, and God is with us. Let's remember that. God is with us. We are not on our own. We are not alone. We, we have been pardoned. We have been forgiven. And that's so awesome. Romans chapter 5 verse 6 says, when we were utterly helpless. Much like Scrooge was. He was just helpless, you know. Christ came at just the, the right, right time. time and died for us sinners. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ. Who once was a little baby. To die for us while we were still sinners. And, and, and that's why baby Jesus came. He came to die for us. You know, to, to restore fallen man back to his creator. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's judgment. We need not to ever fear God. And, and this is a true statement. 
God is not mad at you. No matter what you have done, God is not mad at you. He came to forgive us and to pardon us, to bring about transformation in our lives. That's just the truth of it. He's not mad at you. For since we were restored to friendship with God by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be delivered from eternal punishment by his life. Resurrection life. Resurrection. There is an awesome, fantastic renewal and, and miraculous things happen in the resurrection. He came to die, but he came to rise from the dead as well. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God. And, and think about this. Do you, not just know about Jesus, but do you have a wonderful new relationship with God? Comes through Christ, and that's what Christmas is all about. Do you have a wonderful new relationship with God? Not a religious relationship. Something you picked up. You know, in some religious activities that you went through at one point, but do you have this wonderful new relationship with God? So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God, all because of our Lord, what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. He paid for us. He paid for our sins. He paid for the fracture, and He alone can work a miracle. And restore our relationship. That's for sure. In making us friends of God, he restores. That, that's absolutely right, you know. And in, in him, there's a reconciliation, being brought back together, restored. That's what he specializes in, you know. Colossians 2.10 says, And you are complete through your union with Christ. You, you ever feel like something's missing in your life, you know? Scrooge was... Made complete in Christ. He had been given another chance. And Jesus, he works miraculous things in our life. Now, have you ever felt, let me see if I have that with me. Have you ever felt, have you ever felt like that? What is that? A zero. Have you ever felt like a zero at any point in your life? Think about that. A zero. Just great, big, and empty. Nothing much. Just, just I'm a big old zero. I, I need a volunteer. <laughs> Thank you for volunteering, brother. Could you come up here? Have you ever once in your life felt like a zero? Absolutely. Would you just hold that so everybody can see it? I need another volunteer. Could you help us out here, brother? Could you hold that one there? Yes, you stand over here right beside him. And Hey, Susan, would you, you mind helping us out here? Oh, I just happen to have another one there. That's awesome. Thank you for volunteering, brother. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Watch out for all the glass, so, okay? And you just stand here beside our brother here. Okay. The guy who's going like... Hmm? <laughs> I, I appreciate you volunteering so 
graciously, brother. And Watch out for the glass. The so. team. <laughs> okay. Appreciate your help. If you just stand up here, right there, you go. So we we we, we all know kind of what it, it feels like, right? We've we've experienced that. Now let me see here. Uh, it's just amazing how all these people are just volunteering, you know. <laughs> yeah, why don't you come up here too? You seem like you're all alone on the front now. Come on. We'll make room for you beside Richard. How's that? There you go. There you go. All right. You almost slip right between you there. So we've we've probably all felt like a zero before, uh, kind of empty and kind of hollow and and things like that. But if you think about it, what happens when you add the simplest, just the simplest number that there is? And we do know that Jesus is number one. What happens when you add just one right here on the end of all these zeros? Can anybody tell what number that is? Ten million? Just because of one little digit, Christ adds value to your life. He adds such wonderful value to our life. And as we think about Christmas, He came to add value to our life. And we are pardoned and and we're forgiven. And what Christ does for us is worth more than ten million, billion, zillion dollars. It really is. But Jesus Christ, number one, he adds great value to our life. Does he not? Absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt. Would you give an applause to these guys? Can I have your zero back? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Can I have my zeros back, dear? (laughs) Okay. You know, I was just thinking, we actually sang about that in O Holy Night, till he appeared and our soul felt its worth. Our soul felt the value, right? Mm-hmm. Our soul felt its worth. It's been said that if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a Savior. And receiving forgiveness, receiving another chance is is a wonderful Christmas gift. And, and there's no greater gift anybody will find under their tree this year than the gift of forgiveness. There's nothing more valuable than that. When Christ comes alongside, even if we have felt like a, a big old zero, he adds value to our life. Through transformation, pardon, forgiveness, and it's available to everyone. That's what my Bible says, and, and everyone's talking about 100%. That's what he's talking about. You know, and there's one thing I, I know at Christmas time people do lots of shopping and all, but forgiveness is never out of stock. You know, 
Uh, forgiveness has never been back ordered. And forgiveness has already been paid for. It genuinely has. So you think about that. That's really what Christmas is about. It's this wonderful, wonderful pardon. John 3, verse 16, a very familiar verse. For God so loved the world that... People from all walks of life. The world. The whole wide world, men and women, boys and girls, children, kings, you know, whatever God, he says here, so loved the world... That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's the Christmas message. Salvation. He came to save us and to forgive us and to change us and transform us and no longer a fractured life, no longer a big old zero. Transformation has taken place, you know? And, and and then it says in John chapter 1, verse 12. But to all who believed him. To all who believed. Would you say believe with me? Believe. believe. To all who believed him. And there, there's more than just believing. He says here, to all who believe him and. Received him. And received him. You know. And that's the, the wonderful Christmas present. You, you, you believe that those presents are for you and then you'll receive them, you know? And it brings about a change. It, it makes things different in your life. But it says, but to all who believed him and received him... He gave the right to become children of God. Hmm. Although you believe, there's more than just believing. That's just the way it is. Can I borrow you one more time? Can I borrow you two? You all stand out here and look your best for a congregation <laughs> here. We come over here. I wonder if I have $10 million in here. I'm giving you a $20 bill. Is that okay? I hope I have another one. No, 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 no. I appreciate that. That was very kind of you. I'm giving you a $20 bill too. Thank you. Do you believe it? Yes. How come it's not benefiting you right now? It's not I don't have it. Yet. We don't have it yet. He just received his. You believe it, right? Yeah. But it's really not benefiting you. Can't get a cup of coffee with you yet until... You receive it. And I don't want it back. I don't want you putting it in an offering bucket. That's yours. Because you did two things. You believed. I gave it to you. And then a few minutes later, you received it. And that's what Christmas is about. We've got to believe that he is the savior of the world. But we've got to receive him into our lives. Put that in your pocket. No, you can't. You can give him one next week. Okay, but right now you'll blow my illustration if you don't keep it. Okay? So you got to believe it and receive it. Okay? Hey, God bless you guys. Let's give him another hand. Okay? All right. Okay, I want you to read that verse one more time. 
But to all who believed him and received him, he gave the right to become children of God. Now listen to the Christmas carol again. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive. Wait a minute. Let earth do what? Receive. receive. You understand receive, don't you? Let earth receive. Her king, let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. So have you received? That's, that's what makes the difference. Let's just read one more verse. Can we? Romans 3.22, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone. And what percentage is everyone? 100%. 100% of the people need to have faith and they need to believe, but we also know they need to receive, receive what they believe. They, they, they believe in the message of Christmas and, and of Easter and all, but you've got to reach out and, and receive him a reality into your own life. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. What I would like to do at this point is just to reaffirm our faith that we do believe Him. And through a simple prayer, we receive Christ into our life as our Savior. And you guys who are watching online, you guys in the balcony, you guys downstairs, and you guys up here, would you just pray along with me now? And let's declare that we do believe and we do receive Christ into our life. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I do believe in you. I do believe in you. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. And you sent your son Jesus. And you sent your son Jesus. With a purpose. With a purpose. To save me. To save me. And to forgive me. And to forgive me. I believe that Jesus died in my place. I believe that Jesus died in my place. And I believe he rose from the dead. And I believe he rose from the dead. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. I open wide that door. I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus into my life. And I welcome Jesus into my life. I believe him. I believe him. And I receive him into my life right now. And I receive him into my life right now. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. And as my soon coming King. And as my soon coming King. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.